At the Army Academy in Taoyuan this morning, President Tsai Ing-wen pledged that she would be the military's greatest advocate as it strives to protect the country. Earlier this year, an Army Black Hawk helicopter crashed in northern Taiwan, killing eight service members, including Sergeant Major Han Zheng-hong. At the opening ceremony on Thursday, President Tsai unveiled a monument honoring Han's memory. Standing before a new monument, President Tsai unveiled this tribute to the late Sergeant Major Han, who died in a Black Hawk helicopter crash at the beginning of the year. Etched on the monument is a profile of Sergeant Major Han. His widow fought back tears when she saw it. President Tsai held hands with a grieving woman to comfort her. At the start of the new semester for non-commissioned officers, President Tsai urged students to keep alive the spirit of Sergeant Major Han. For example, the Glory Inheritance Day that started last year, or the bonus for professional expertise that passed this year. These are all the contributions of Sergeant Major Han. But this is only the first step to enhancing the non-commissioned officer system. Sergeant Major Han died in the line of duty. Here, I would like to call on all of you to model yourselves after his actions. President Tsai said she asked the defense minister to ensure the continuation of Han's reforms. This week, Taiwan saw escalated harassment by Chinese warplanes. On Wednesday, Taiwan's military issued at least 24 radio warnings in three hours in response to repeated PLA incursions. In her address on Thursday, President Tsai had words of encouragement that seemed to reference the recent string of sorties. I assure you all that as the military protects the homeland, I will be your greatest advocate. Non-commissioned officers are the backbone of the army. I will stand with you and we will overcome all difficulties. For two years now, Tsai has attended the school opening ceremony for non-commissioned officers and soldiers, signaling her administration's priorities in national defense. Registrations have opened for the 2020 NASA Space Apps Challenge Hackathon, which will take place virtually due to the pandemic. In Taiwan, the event is promoted by the American Institute in Taiwan in a broad partnership, including Taiwan's National Space Organization. The 48-hour event from October 2nd to 4th will see participants from more than 200 global cities solve challenges using NASA's open source data. All finalists will get the chance to watch a rocket launch up close. One, two, three. They're walking on the moon for the cameras. On Thursday, the AIT's cultural affairs officer and partners held a press event to announce the 2020 NASA International Space Apps Challenge. This year's theme is Take Action. We hope participants can use NASA's open data to increase our understanding of the universe. The spirit of this hackathon is that we're taking, say, software or, say, data and releasing it so that our energetic young partners can do some innovation. The Space Apps Challenge is one of NASA's most creative outreach activities. Teams use NASA's open data to enhance people's understanding of the universe and the Earth, solving challenges across a variety of topics. The event is open to software engineers, scientists and designers who apply their expertise to develop meaningful and feasible solutions to problems faced by the world. Team SEAL, a global finalist in last year's event, 
shared its experience at the press event on Thursday. We did build a planet. The most important thing with building a planet is the physical and chemical properties. Besides allowing their customization of physical properties, we added 44 chemical compounds. This time around, I think that this is a very good opportunity for seeing how it's done virtually, how an online competition can be held. Actually, this is something we can learn from. Due to the pandemic, this year's NASA hackathon will be held entirely online. Teams that make it to the finals will win a chance to see a rocket take off up close. Let's take a look now at one of the hygiene services you might not yet have thought of. One company that disinfects shoes has seen its profits soar since COVID-19 hit. Now it gets about 1,000 pairs to clean each month, which it delivers right back to their owners' homes. The employee sprays a shoe and wipes it down. The pandemic has hit many businesses, but it's been a boon for this one. Since the pandemic began, our profits haven't gone down. Actually, they've gone up by 30 or 40 percent. They offer home delivery. Your clean shoes arriving at your door as the next batch of shoes to be cleaned is picked up. It's quite convenient because a while ago we all had to wear masks and I didn't go out so much. I use this service quite often. The company now cleans about 50 pairs a day and dries them with ultraviolet light. The coronavirus has people concerned even about shoe hygiene. A second Taiwanese company, Haoping, has been found passing off Chinese non-medical masks as made in Taiwan. Officials say that unlike the previous incident involving carry masks, these mislabeled masks didn't make it into the government's rationing system. The government has now tightened its regulations. Starting September 17th, medical-grade face masks made domestically must be stamped with the words made in Taiwan and the letters MD for medical device. The Ministry of Economic Affairs says it will track the flow of mask imports to ensure that they don't end up in the rationing system. The Central Epidemic Command Center said companies cheating the system will face severe consequences. Due to its low labor costs, China has long been known as the factory of the world, but some think those days are numbered. According to the vice president of a Taiwan think tank, China is becoming less and less attractive due to its rising utility costs and the trade war with Washington. Since last year, Taiwan firms based in China have pledged to return home with more than one trillion NT. The economics minister gave a talk at the Chinese National Association of Industry and Commerce. She spoke about the post-coronavirus world and its challenges and opportunities for Taiwan's economy. She also addressed the return of Taiwanese businesses from abroad, naming Quanta as a model returnee. Quanta came back to invest in Taiwan extremely quickly. At one point, it said it would make servers in Taiwan to sell in the U.S. The extra production cost would only be a dollar per unit. That's NT, not U.S. dollars. Years ago, China had courted Taiwanese businesses with free land, tax breaks and utility discounts. But more recently, changes in China's economy have made it less attractive as a manufacturing site. China's utility fees and personnel costs are higher than Taiwan's. Land in China used to be cheaper, but now companies that go there don't get incentives. These companies that returned to Taiwan already had land here. Companies like Quanta and Acton already had land, so they expanded their facilities. Another issue is the U.S.-China trade war. The U.S. has increased its tariffs on Chinese goods. 
Even Huawei's upstream chip suppliers may face difficulties acquiring raw materials. There are no such problems in Taiwan, so Taiwan is narrowing the gap in investment climate that exists across the strait. In fact, Taiwan might be in a slightly more advantageous position now. Many Taiwanese businesses are pulling up roots from China to return home. In addition to Quanta, Inolux has pledged to invest more than 70 billion NT, the most of any returning firm. Hegatron has pledged 17.9 billion NT, while Tongxing Electronic Industries pledged 9.7 billion NT. In total, returning Taiwan firms have pledged to invest 1.89 trillion NT and create more than 90,000 jobs. This year's mid-autumn festival could be one unlike any other in history. Taiwanese airlines, including EVA Air and Starlux, are offering moon viewing flights designed to give customers a once-in-a-lifetime date with the moon. Their aim is to help airlines manage the drastic losses caused by travel restrictions in the age of COVID. Taking a flight just for the thrill of it is a 2020 trend no one expected. Taiwanese airlines EVA and Starlux are both to start offering charter flights for moon viewings. On this travel agency's website, tickets began to fly as soon as they went on sale. Encouraged by the popularity of fake overseas trips, EVA Air will run a Boeing 787 Dreamliner moon viewing flight once a day from the 1st of the 4th of each month. It will take off from Taoyuan in the evening and last about three hours. Meanwhile, Starlux is offering six moon catcher flights and expects high demand. Viewing the moon from the air, you're not impacted by landforms or by the weather. These charter flights would not really be possible except during the coronavirus. To go up just to view the moon is, of course, a unique chance we have now. EVA Air is also offering a special gift of a model Dreamliner for any customer whose name includes characters from the name of Chang'e, the Chinese goddess of the moon. And the airline plans to extend its flights beyond mid-autumn festival, offering seven different themed flights around Double Ten National Day, Christmas and the first dawn of the new year. There are special flights for mid-autumn festival and National Day. If you want to take part, you should definitely pay extra for a window seat. Also, EVA Air has different routes planned for daytime and evening. In the daytime, it will fly along the east coast, and in the evening, the west. So you can expect to probably see the night lights along the western seaboard. The end of border controls is still far off at an unknown date. EVA Air has announced flights through to 2021 and says they can be exchanged for other travel plans. Starlux will give customers a taste of next season's menu on its special flights. China Airlines says it also has a surprising project up its sleeve, details to be announced. The seventh annual Taoyuan Film Festival is gearing up for its grand opening in October. This week saw the festival's pre-launch party and a trailer featuring actor Larissa Bakarova. The Ukrainian-born actor is now a naturalized Taiwan citizen and had nothing but praise for Taiwan's movie industry. The festival will feature 75 films, all available to watch for just $70. Bakurova hides beneath a white sheet, as if in a horror film, before finding a ribbon on the floor and emerging to dance around the room. This trailer for the Taoyuan Film Festival gives a hint of the diversity of works on show. I'm very happy with the trailer, delighted and moved, and so grateful to everyone for giving me this opportunity, because I love beautiful artistic projects. During filming, Bakurova says she got lots of bruises, but it was worth it. 
The 7th Taoyuan Film Festival runs from October 9th to 23rd, with 75 films on show over seven categories. The 12 films in the Taiwan Prize category are really representative of Taiwan and the strength of all the feature-length and short films last year. Taiwan never fails to touch my heart. This event is no exception. The movies are so great and there are so many, and you can watch 75 for just 70 NT. Huh? I was shocked to hear that. I'm so grateful to Taiwan and everyone who works hard for Taiwan. We must all carry on always working hard. She also expressed her hope that Taiwan's film industry will continue putting out work to attract global attention. Immigrants from all over the world come to Taiwan where they find work, build homes and contribute to what makes the country special. Today in An Immigrant Story, we meet Geert Joseph Olivier, a Belgian expat who runs a dessert shop that introduces Taipei to marvelous sweets from his homeland. The chef cuts the strawberries and adds them onto the cheesecake. Then he adds layers of cream and chocolate. This is a signature Belgian waffle. According to the chef, it's the second best waffle in the world, the first being the real deal made right in Belgium. This dessert, along with everything else on the menu, is the brainchild of Olivier, a self-taught chef. He moved to Taiwan 10 years ago after meeting a Taiwanese woman who'd later become his wife. The menu is very typical what they serve, and uh, they, they call it a, ta a tavern. Uh, that's, you can find it all over Belgium, a little bit the same food because we are very we think that's a very familiar and family food. The Belgium dessert is, is not quite wide, so I combine, I take a little bit from this country, I take a little bit from this country. I, t I, I study different kinds of chefs, I study every day. I, every day I read what's on the news, what's new on the market, who is doing what and who is evolving. Just need pieces, so... This is his Bailey's chocolate cheesecake, which is crafted with Belgian chocolate. Olivier taught himself to make desserts by reading and traveling to learn from renowned chefs. He was originally an engineer and explored many different jobs before opening up this restaurant six years ago. And I saw Taiwan is it's like an open kitchen. It's, uh, people like the food here and they say, okay, with my knowledge, maybe I can sharpen up my knowledge and I can start to do some desserts. Definitely, I like the, the street food in Taiwan and the, the people on the street, uh, the connection you have with the people. His restaurant is located in a small alley in Taipei. The room is decorated with furniture from Belgium. The tiles were handmade by Olivier and the wall is covered with black and white photos of Olivier's family back in Belgium. I, I bring a lot of stuff from Belgium here. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, a between a pub and a, and a restaurant feeling. I just want them to have a nice warm feeling in the shop. So I got, got, got the, the lights come from my country, the, even the bar and the, the sidebar and the tables and the chairs, they, they come from Belgium. And it has some history actually, the, the tables. For me, you can feel it when you come inside. <laughs> Although his whole family is in Belgium, he and his wife Phoebe have found a happy home in Taiwan. Phoebe has a full-time job, but she's his biggest supporter. She comes to the restaurant a few times a week to help out. She also manages the Facebook group. We don't have children. For us, it's like our children, right? Yeah, we, uh, we have more topic to talk. Uh, when we go home, we say, oh, okay, what the fla a new flavor he done today and uh, what the response from the customers. 
and actually keep the relationship going, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a glue, right? Yeah. Sometimes go out, we will uh, do some research for new ingredients. Olivier spends hours every day in the kitchen perfecting his creations, most of which are influenced by Belgium and Europe flavors. There's mocha and sesame cake, mango, lemon and passion fruit tarts, and other mouth-watering treats. Every week, there are new cakes for customers to try. Olivier says for a chef, Taiwan is wide open and full of possibilities. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Huang Pinghan in Taipei.